Hey everybody, welcome to Please Be Excited. My name is John. Um, today, I'm joined by Grace. Woo! And, oh, and Cheeto. And, and Cheeto. Puff, Puff is not really, he's sleeping over there. Uh, and Chad and Jimbo. Brother Jimbo. Oh, God. Um, all right, so... Uh, I'll just mention it real quick because we did a whole fucking news episode with all the Disney and Star Wars Marvel crap. Um, but yeah, at the end of The Mandalorian season two, uh, they had a little, it was a post credits thing, right? Yeah. 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 There's a post credits scene um, with Boba Fett going back to Jabba's palace whatever jabba's club thing um his den den, yeah jabba's den um den jaren um (laughs) isn't that mando's name what is it den jaren or something like that wait his real name or the actor's name yeah isn't his real name den jaren I forgot he had a name. <laughs> yeah, I, f- I didn't know that that was established. I, yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, it's in season one. It's, yeah. Um, anyways, good joke, I think, on my part. Uh, totally landed. Uh, <laughs> Boba, yeah, Boba, and what's her name? Uh, Agent May from S.H.I.E.L.D., agents agents of shield um she yeah they they go to jabba's din and what's his name god i forget i'm forgetting names now the dude that dude with the tube the tube head <laughs> the little nasty head and the teeth it's yeah like, is it like bow something oh anyways he has a name he has a canon name, I forget. Tubehead. Yeah, Tubehead. Uh, they kill. They kill him, and then Boba sits on the throne on Jabba's throne, and then it says like "Book of the Book of Boba Fett." Is that what it's called? Um, yeah. Coming next year, December next year, or something. Yeah. Um. Anyways, yeah, I guess that was not part of the investors day announcements that we covered and it was like a secret that they asked them not to spoil um and i mean like i was really confused when that happened um and then like i looked it up and everybody was saying oh this is gonna be season three of the mandalorian is gonna be a boba fett season um but they they finally today officially announced it's going to be a, its own series. Uh, I was yeah. I was confused in the same way. I don't think Chad ever got confused by it, but I didn't understand if it was like switching gears to where it would be like a different Mandalorians would take over the show or something. Yeah, but yeah, it's why a separate thing. Why don't I mean we can kind of just jump into talking about the Mandalorian finale um from that i think because 
that was yeah that was my confusion is because you know at the end of the mandalorian finale uh spoilers uh luke skywalker shows up and din jarin the man mandalorian um gives hands over baby yoda to luke skywalker to be trained and so I, I was just like, oh, okay, are they leaving this character behind? Because, like, I, I'm not expecting them at all to do a Baby Yoda and Luke episode or episodes because, like, the CG and, yeah, that side of it, having to do that. Um, and I just thought, okay, are they going to give mando like another another plot line that he's gonna go off and do or are they just gonna switch gears and focus on boba fett and he'll be the title mandalorian even though he's not technically a mandalorian um can we talk about that at some point i mean talk about whatever you want with it (laughs) well i want to i want to interject there for a second because i don't fully understand that plot point they're the Mandalorians are saying that he's not a true Mandalorian because he's a clone. Um, I think I don't know that Jango Fett was a Mandalorian. I I've always I've always thought that Jango was a Mandalorian. I thought that he was like a legit Mandalorian, so I didn't understand why Boba wasn't given that credit. I guess. No. Uh looking up wikipedia not wikipedia um says you know wikipedia is a real thing yeah um yes says that he was okay a human from conquered dawn Jango Fett was adopted by Mandalorian warriors following the murder of his parents and disappearance of his older sister. So, so he's a Mandalorian. The Star Wars account on Twitter <laughs> says Jango and Boba Fett are not Mandalorian. They just wear Mandalorian armor. <laughs> I'm not getting into this further. Okay, wait. I don't give a shit about the Mandalorian rules and creeds. Well, you're you're gonna have to because that's what season three is gonna be. It's so inconsistent. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, but yeah, I don't know the. Where do we even start? We haven't covered a lot of the season. Because I think we only talked about two episodes on yeah. the podcast, um, so I don't. Yeah, I don't really want to deep dive and do episode by episode, but I want to bring up the one episode with Bill Burr. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably my favorite episode of the season. Yeah, I think it was. It was probably mine too. Yeah, um, the or one, second favorite. I don't know. Uh, shit what is it what happened i forget exactly what happens it's the one yeah with the bald guy yeah um i forget why they're doing the thing they're doing so it's after grogu gets kidnapped and they're trying to find moff gideon and then so you know that bill burr worked for the i don't know his character's name call him bill 
Empire. <laughs> uh, he worked for the Empire, so he might know some shit. So they they get him out of prison to uh, get his help to find Moff Gideon, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, shenanigans ensue. Yeah, I just wanted to but mention yeah, that. I, I really oh, like that episode. Yeah, I really like that episode. I thought I, I think I heard that like. A lot of people don't like Bill Burr on the show or something, but I I don't know. I thought he was a good character. Well, that's, I mean, that was my thing with last season is I was just very frustrated that a lot of, you know, it just like they were doing one-offs and the whole thing was, I know to like, you have to have an establishing episode. You have to establish characters. You have to establish setting in the world and stuff. But they just kept doing those one-off things. And I I wanted season two, like fulfilled what they, you know, promised and set up basically. And established all those characters that they brought back and like, I said it before in in one of the one of our podcasts, like that familiarity between the characters and you knowing them and you knowing their relationship and just them being able to have those little back and forth and everything, those little character moments that they already have an established relationship, make it so much more entertaining and interesting to me um, than doing Mandalorian. Mando goes to this planet, this episode. All right, those characters are gone forever. He goes to this planet, this episode. Those characters are gone forever. Um, so, like, I, I don't think, you know, for me, the setup and establishing of those characters wasn't very interesting for me, but bringing them back and finally having, you know, a core group or, like, a big cast of characters that you can cycle in and out of um, helps the show a lot. And one of my frustrations was the casting of comedians for like most of those characters in the first season. I was just, I don't know. It just frustrated me a lot. And Bill Burr, I really did not like in that one episode. <laughs> I was just like, why is Bill Burr in star Wars with his accent? <laughs> whatever accent he has, why is he here? And whatever. But then he, gave like my favorite performance of the entire season in that one episode um but yeah that, i just wanted to mention that as like a standout my standout episode of the season um i didn't know if you guys wanted to talk about like some highlights or like you know standout moments whatever from the season or if you just want to jump to the finale and talk a little bit about the finale Chad, do you want to go? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so, I mean, I really like the Ahsoka episode. Um, I never watched the Clone Wars, so I don't have that, like, familiarity with the character and all that. But I really like Rosario Dawson as an actress, actor, actress. Um, and I like what she did with the role of, like, it being this more jaded or, like, you know, aloof like um what do you say like world weary 
mm-hmm. uh, character, whereas it seemed like in the older one, the cartoon, she was more of like a young upstart, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. more excited, more a little more naive or whatever. But she's watched you know, like all of happened. all of her like Jedi friends and stuff die, yeah. be like exterminated. She's gone through like a war at this point. Yeah, like you're saying. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I just really like. The, just the whole vibe of that episode treating the jedis as like you know this mysterious almost like too powerful thing again like keeping her in the shadows like off screen almost like it's almost like a horror movie opening where like the hero is the monster you know what i mean um so it was like a cool reveal and then i, I just like the look of that planet how it was all like fire blasted or whatever like um Looked like some giant explosion went off and killed all the the trees or the leaves on the trees and stuff. And then it was like permanent smog mm-hmm. over the forest and the town and stuff like that. And then it was kind of like the, it felt like a classic, like either samurai or um, Western thing of like, you know, one alone person going against a city or, or yeah. a person who's like holed up and they're like, come to the wall and like say your terms and be like surrender or else you know yada yada so i thought it like um it used a lot of those sort of tropes and stuff from those types of things really successfully um yeah and then the the martial arts fight in like the asian type garden between her and Mm -hmm. the um the The magistrate whatever yeah magistrate i thought that was pretty cool um and then you had what's his face kyle reese was uh the one dude oh michael michael bang bean bang yeah bean bang yeah that was a cool cameo like yeah a little character mm-hmm. um and then yeah i liked i mean it's kind of been i feel overdone at this point but i mean they they did it well enough of like the young Jedi can't be trained because he's too emotional or he's attached or whatever. But I mean, I, th- I think it kind of played out pretty well in the end. Um, and then one thing, just one last thing I wanted to say was like, I really liked the the end of that episode, how the music they introduced is like this weird, like medieval, um, like pan flute type mm-hmm. music at the end where it felt like super... I don't know, like, like old school sword and sorcery, this like mysterious, um, almost like Stonehenge, like, you know, that kind of super ancient type music that sounded almost a little bit cheesy, but like, it was like refreshing because, you know, you wouldn't expect it. And then I feel like in the last episode, they almost pulled that back. Uh, and then introducing Luke whenever he's coming and killing all the robots, it had the similar vibe. And for that, it was like, I just love that the way the um, is it still the same guy doing the music this time? Yeah, but yeah, yeah, anyway, I just really like what they did with that music cue and stuff. But yeah, Jimbo, I don't know if you wanted to go over. I mean, I think that that episode was probably my favorite for a lot of the same reasons and it's kind of like 1a and 1b with the episode with bill burr like those are my two favorites uh, from the whole season 
But I think what I really liked about the one that Chad's talking about is um, just how this show, because there's a lot of the movies are kind of cheesy in how they show the Jedi. And I thought that this one did a nice job adding some like some mystery back to it a little bit. And you had to actually wait a little while before seeing one and keeping them to the shadows for a lot of what they're doing. Uh, I thought it was really cool. And it also makes sense because they're, they've been hunted and exterminated. And so now they've had to kind of got used to like being in the shadows again. Uh, so I thought that was pretty cool and how they portray Jedi in the series. But there are just so many cool like uh, dual moments. Like, like he was talking about the different showdowns in that episode had like that kind of Western high noon feel to it, which was awesome. And then the setting, that planet that they were on stuck out more than maybe any other planet they've had on the show or like it's up there as far as being kind of a creative setting. Uh, but yeah, that episode stands out to me. And then the um, the Believer, the one that you were talking about a little bit ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did. That was my other favorite episode, um, The Jedi. Um, yeah, because that was awesome seeing Ahsoka. I mean, I, I haven't watched all of The Clone Wars um if you try to watch clone wars just know the first season is really rough (laughs) um also the structure of the show is weird because it it's not for a lot of it it's not like a straightforward you know linear story that goes from point a to point b it's just like filling gaps in the clone wars or the clone wars so it'll have um it'll have like two part episodes, three part episodes, one offs that go back and forth in time within the same season. Um, <laughs> it'll jump like months ahead. And, you know, some character who was just in one episode will either like be dead or they'll die and then reappear in the next episode because it's set before the timeline's weird. Um, but you can find like a chronological watch order online. Um, I just, but I was just saying, like, the Clone Wars, I think it has like seven seasons by the end. Um, and from like season three or four on, it's some of the best Star Wars storytelling that there's been in, I think, the whole franchise. Um, with like long stretches of story arcs that carry through for the entire season and like really good development for um anakin and obi-wan and ahsoka and like does an awesome job world building and setting up you know anakin's turn and palpatine's rise and um revenge of the sith and everything it just it gets really good um and that's you know mostly due to dave filoni (laughs) Mm -hmm. um but yeah it was really it was cool seeing ahsoka um i really liked the setting like you guys already said and the feel the western and samurai feel of it um and chad mentioned the martial arts fight duel whatever at the end um between ahsoka and the magistrate 
that's like that's what I want from Jedi fights. That's I, I know it wasn't a you know Jedi versus Jedi or lightsaber wielder laser sword. Sorry, uh, laser sword wielders. Um, Grace was not too pleased to learn that they call them laser swords in the Star Wars universe. Wait. When I don't know how I didn't realize it. It's been at least like 10 years since I've seen like it's been so long and it sounded like when you go to like Spirit Halloween and they have all of the off-brand stuff and like, oh, like laser swords. So I was like, that is so stupid. So to find out that's like what they call them, like yeah, it was a moment for yeah. Me. Wait, who called it a laser sword? Who started saying that? Um, I the forget. Je- the Jedi don't call them that. They call them lightsabers. I think I think I think I think they call them both throughout the series. Um, I'm pretty sure in uh, A New Hope, I think Obi Wan, when he's giving Luke Anakin's lightsaber, says laser sword. I think he calls it laser sword. Um, So I think lightsaber might have been like a post original trilogy thing. I, th- I think I feel like it's been said both ways uh, throughout the series but yeah somebody called it a laser sword and then I was like oh yeah they call them laser swords and then Grace is just like what the hell is this <laughs> um, but yeah I I loved that fight and it's like the, it's the thing one of the things I've been wanting from the series from before the new the sequel trilogy came out and you know force awakens came out um is i want those like precise strategic meditative like every every step counts every second counts you know sometimes you're only going to get like one strike at your opponent and it's just that whole thing of you know like posturing angling deciding when to go in when to um yeah it's just like that's what i love seeing in sword fights yeah um and it reminded me of old uh japanese samurai movies um especially i don't know if you guys have seen uh harakiri the old one from like the 60s or 70s that has a great sword fight like on a cliff and you know in the tall grass and everything it just reminded me of that um even though it gets a little you know more involved <laughs> but the the ahsoka fight but yeah i i really loved that and appreciated that um and it's nice you know having a star wars series that doesn't focus on jedi so that you know Jedi and lightsabers can be like a big thing again. Like it, yeah, feels, yeah. it feels like it matters. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I really like that. I was just gonna say, like, just like what you were saying. Um, you know, like they have this big part of the series is like these uh, laser dagger fights, um, <laughs> beam dagger fights. Um, no, but like light sticks. And, and, yeah. And the, but it seems like it's 
smarter and a lot cooler like if they would like use if they would reference like actual martial arts these fights so that it feels more realistic or whatever like instead of just making up some crazy shit that does that doesn't make sense or have it be really boring it seems like yeah like the cool thing to do is to make it more like you know a samurai sword fight and like rest those actual you know movies and martial arts and stuff which they did in this but they haven't in you know other things as much um I feel like there's something else I was gonna say at the end of that, but Austin. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um. Did Grace okay. have a favorite episode? Oh, just one thing. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Go uh, all, all marinating. <laughs> <laughs> Chad, what's yeah? What's your one more thing? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I thought maybe with the ending of that, of uh, her asking about Grand Admiral Thrawn, I thought mm-hmm. maybe that was going to be a setup for the end of the season or the future of the Mandalorian, like season three. But I guess it was the setup for the whole show with her, mm. her spinoff. Um, yeah. I don't know. What do you What do you guys think about that? I was I was going to say we're now going to have four live action shows set in the same time period um wait go wait go through them there's the mandalorian book of boba fett ahsoka and then the rangers of the new republic or whatever it's called oh wow okay those are all the same yeah the mandalorian timeline what's what's the little guy on jabba's shoulder is like something crumb Crumb diddly, I don't know. Make a joke. He's getting his own spinoff. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there another episode you guys want to talk about? Or um, well, I wanted to talk about the end. I wanted to talk about the finale. Um, mm-hmm. Just because there's like certain, I mean, there's certain stuff I liked, and then there's certain stuff I just can't stand. Um, I thought, okay, first off, the introduction, the introduction of the dark droids or dark troopers, whatever. It's one of those things that you know happens, especially in like sci-fi series, where they fill gaps from like older time periods. And they'll like introduce new things that were never brought up, never established. And they're like better technology, better what like the Halo series did this with every single game. Or like mm-hmm. they would jump back in time and then all of a sudden there would be like new grenades, new guns, new vehicles, and it's like why <laughs> did not use those in the later <laughs> games, you know? Why did this why did both armies not have these in the later games? <laughs> Um, and the dark trooper stuff just felt like that. It was like, I think, I think they're a canon thing in the books or something in a show. I don't know. Yes, there's Star Wars books. Uh, um, or comics. I think it's a canon thing. That's what I saw as people saying, well, actually, dark troopers existed 
blah blah blah. I don't give a shit about books and comics and stuff. Ah, um, whatever. In general, whatever. I mean, for Star Wars, I don't give a shit. Uh, um, I really, you know, either put it in film or TV, and that's the canon. I'm not gonna pay else. <laughs> um. So yeah, so like introducing a whole new subset of you know enemies and this army that are like super indestructible and powerful like where the fuck did they go why did i mean i'm sure we'll see but it felt very much this season towards the end building um felt very much like dave filoni and john favreau like fixing the star wars universe (laughs) or like trying it feels like trying to fill in gaps and stuff you know just because like i don't know i'm just thinking i'm thinking snoke i'm thinking palpatine and the sequel trilogy and how much rise of skywalker did not make sense and then you know and they were like they're like oh in the book that's you know Palpatine had a son and uh, he had clones and Snoke and all this stuff. The show is kind of feeling that way to me. I think it's cool. Um, Mm -hmm. But it feels so much like they're I think they're doing a good job of making it entertaining, making characters interesting now in this season. Um, But so much of Star Wars feels like, you know, you jump ahead or you jump back, you do something stupid, and then whoever follows you has to fill that in and make it make sense. (laughs) And that's what a lot of this show feels like for me. Um, Anyways, yeah, that was a big gripe of mine. I thought the fight between uh, Mando and the one dark trooper, I thought that was cool. where he's like you know getting his helmet punched into the wall um yeah i I really liked that and i was like that was an oh like an oh shit moment for me and Grays, i think was like is he dead (laughs) (laughs) it looked pretty bad (laughs) he said something like that Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Do you remember that? No. Can you make the sound? 
like maybe i remember kind of. that was the like yeah the dark troopers theme had that stuff in it yeah um because it's but, supposed to be like mechanical and not yeah, yeah not organic or yeah mechanical and not organic which is, it's one of those things of like <laughs> i don't know that it works for me in the star wars universe i don't know that i like it but i kind of want to applaud him for trying those things um because like i mentioned early in the season in the first and second episode he uses like a trap music beat um which just out of nowhere throws that into one of the themes and i was like i don't like this but okay (laughs) like i'm glad somebody's trying new things in star wars um anyways uh i just couple last things on the finale i hate the cg i hate cg luke i like it's always going to annoy the shit out of me um just that was one thing that i would have you know i don't like disney i don't like disney i hate disney as a company and if they had recast Luke, that would have been a thing of me. Like, I would have been like, oh, whoa, shit. That's a big thing. That's a big move that, like, you know, it's not CG. It's not the appeasing the fanboys, yeah. the grown adults who are obsessed with Leia and Luke and Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill. It that, just... that would have been the gutsier move. And I think yeah. that, that that would actually have more long-term benefit to them because then they could bring that actor around like regularly instead yes. of having this like this awkward CG version that's never gonna hold up to more than two like it doesn't even hold up for seconds. Like you can't no. have a whole sh- a whole show about that character. But if you recast the fart, then you could. Yeah, the CG's either not going to hold up in any of the scenes you put him in, or um or you can't write scenes with him because it doesn't hold up. Like, yeah. like anything you do with it, it's awkward and bad. And then, yeah, like I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch any more scenes with CG Luke. I don't want that. Like it was uncomfortable watching it. And I, th- I think that you could even you could have gotten away with actual Mark Hamill, clean shaven, and just keep most of his face in shadow. Well, I think you could have gotten away with that. You, I mean, maybe you could have gotten away with that. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess if you're keeping him in shadow, maybe you could have. Uh, I don't know how you shot it. If you want to use like a body double, and then every everything up until that stuff. moment was great, though. They they built it up. I thought that they nailed the introduction of the Jedi walking in, taking apart like the whole army of droid troopers one by one. That was a great introduction for like a character that's mysterious at the end. And that was all done through like video feeds and all done in the shadows. So mm-hmm. you could have had that character not ever fully emerge from the shadow or even take off a hood or anything. Uh, anyway, I thought I think you could have done it that way. Um, yeah, Chad, did you? How did you feel about Luke showing up? CG Luke, I guess. Yeah, I mean, kind of the same way. It just took me out of it, so I think it was the wrong decision. Um, I'd rather have them re- recast it. 
but yeah, like the 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 build up to it was really cool. Um, but I mean, there's still problems with that. Of like, you know, you build up the the enemy as like this. It's too powerful. We can't face them. And then one dude wipes them all out. <laughs> At the same time, it is cool, but it does yeah like take away from the stakes a little bit for me. Um, so they made that sacrifice. But um, there's something else I was thinking of for the finale I want to talk about. Just piggybacking off of that before you do, though. Uh, yeah, I do agree with that, too, because it's kind of it's kind of lame whenever you always have like. I think it would have said so much more for those characters if they could have done it all themselves instead of having like a Jedi come in and save the day. Um yeah, I just think that's another like over reliance on Jedi sometimes too. Yeah. Um I was gonna say that like I is Chad still there? I think Chad might have frozen. Uh, <laughs> but I was gonna say I hate being on the internet because then you're, you know, exposed to just arguments in general. I don't really want to be part or witness pop culture arguments um because people are insufferable but but i mean i like a lot of people just within the star wars fan base are like that was the stupidest thing ever luke showing up and blah 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 um i've seen a lot of people say it's just like you know felt really fan servicey like the Darth Vader showing up at the end of Rogue One kind of thing um but you know it makes it makes sense for where his character is at at that point in time like I think it I think it works it makes sense it's logical like and how powerful he is whatever like all of that works for him is because it's like right after um return of the jedi um so i think i was just saying like for me it works for me it makes sense for the character and the universe and the, everything um at that time i know a lot of people have been just disappointed that they yeah relied on jedi and luke especially um again and everything um i remember the other thing i was gonna say yeah is that uh when you were talking about the dark troopers and um it just doesn't make sense to me where like it seems like the whole show the sort of MacGuffin, is like the empire wants baby yoda because they need his blood because they're trying to make something and then we find out finally and a couple episodes ago, it seems like they're trying to like make clones with force powers, right? Where you saw like yeah. the bodies in the tanks and stuff like that. Um, and then, so if you're building to all of that, where there's going to be like this new enemy of like force, force using clones, and then the the army, the group of bad guys in the in the finale of this season wasn't that. Mm it was just these random droids you never heard of or seen that seemed like a huge misstep to me and a missed opportunity where it's like if you're not going to bring out that clone jedi thing now when are you going to do that 
Like, are they saving it for next season? Because if if they were like Moff Gideon's project, and then they weren't on his ship, and now he's like in like imprisoned by them, then is there going to be another bad guy who was like his senior, um, who we've never seen now, who like has the clone army? You know what I mean? Like, it just seemed like this big misstep. That's I forgot about that. I wanted to bring that up. Um, is that is that what they're doing? Because because right now the setting is post return uh, return of the Jedi and pre Force Awakens, and you know who we saw in tubes at the at the beginning of Rise of Skywalker is Snoke. And like, and we didn't really get a good view of the figures in the tubes, um, but they looked kind of like misshapen and deformed a little bit to me. Um, so that was that was a another thing that stuck out in my mind as like you know filling gaps and you know like reverse engineering storytelling kind of stuff um, of like. To me, it read as like they're trying to make Snoke or like trying to heal Palpatine as well or something like that. Right. Right. That's what I read from it. But I mean, maybe they are trying to create clone force users or something. I don't know. That didn't occur to me that that idea, but I don't really like that. (laughs) (laughs) That's where my head head went. I I want them to do their own thing. Like, yeah um i don't know that's that's where i my head went and then i was like okay great luke and baby yoda grogu um like what are they gonna go do are they gonna now you know are are they gonna introduce at some point like a young kylo ren or like knights of ren and make them supporting characters and whatever tv show they make whatever show it's gonna be i don't know um anyways that's i'm kind of i'm done talking about mandalorian if you guys are (laughs) you have any more like stray thoughts any anything oh i wanted to say uh the book of boba fett spinoff um is supposed to be i think it's favreau filoni and then robert rodriguez is coming on as like a creative Mm. um because i guess he directed i forget what the episode title is but the one where they go up the the mountain uh and boba fett shows up and baby yoda is doing the mind yeah wave thing i don't remember the title of it yeah yeah i think robert rodriguez directed that and now he's gonna be like a a creative executive person on the boba fett show um and then they said that uh dave filoni is gonna be the one show running the ahsoka show oh cool Um, okay i have one question yeah did you guys like boba fett uh yeah, yeah I, mean, I, I did ultimately yeah yeah they i mean they haven't had much chance to like use him a lot and do a lot with him but yeah what they've done with him i like yeah me too i i really like what that actor did he, i feel like he had a lot of like 
gravitas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like he didn't say or do much, but I feel like that dude really carried like a weight to him, you know. Uh, and it's so cool that that's the same actor from before, but yeah, then, like aged and maybe changed himself. Um, yeah, it just felt like that dude like really had a good take on it, you know. Yeah, yeah I I'm I, I'm curious to see what they're gonna do with his show because i feel like you can go in some darker directions than you can with mando just because it's like a a different kind of character um a little bit more violent i think with a probably a different moral code and you'll get more into more into like the crime underworld kind of stuff you like sicario yeah (laughs) i mean honestly it kind of has a feel to it like that um or machete or machete yeah especially if it's like robert rodriguez but one of my one of my favorite things and i was talking to chad about it i think was was just like the music cue like the theme that they came up with for boba fett because it had some of that like aboriginal like the, the the actor is from new zealand or he's from i think he's from new zealand okay yeah and like some of the like God, I don't know the names of all the instruments, but some of the instruments they use specifically for Boba Fett like kind of comes from the actor's own background mm-hmm. and it, it plays only for Boba Fett. And I thought that was a really, really cool touch for the character. And it makes it kind of like wild in a different way than than just like a Western feel to it. There's like something else to it. Uh, so I really like that. And I think they gave him enough badass moments in the show to kind of justify the Boba Fett like obsession that people had even before this show. Like they gave him a lot of cool stuff to do. I felt like (laughs) he's just been wearing the armor over like a robe this Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It looks kind of silly, but it's also cool. (laughs) Yeah. I like it. Um I do like them leaning into the the Maori. Yeah. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, a weird weapon he was holding too. I've never seen that before. That like big, like long face uh, smasher. Thing. Yeah, I don't know God. if that's a New Zealand thing or if they like made it up. But I thought I, it was- I did. Yeah, I did want to mention. Like, I really liked his fight scenes using that weapon, where you just see him break the stormtrooper helmets when he's when he hits them. That was a really nice, uh, really nice yeah. time. Um, all right, if you guys are ready to move on from the Mandalorian, no, not yet, not yet. You still no. have more. Okay. We need we need to talk about what we think season three is gonna be. Like, oh what, yeah, yeah. What do you? I mean, where do you? Okay, first off, I guess we've talked a little bit. Like, are we overall satisfied with like closing this storyline in season two? And then, what do we think the big season three? arc is gonna be um okay uh i like i am satisfied right now stepping away from the baby yoda storyline um just because (laughs) race is not um kristen had the same reaction she's like i don't care about this show anymore (laughs) (laughs) um i don't know just because it's like well, what's what's the show gonna be uh, if he continues 
if Mando continues like trying to find a home or you know a teacher for Baby Yoda, then it's just gonna keep going as the same thing it's been for two seasons. Um, which you know, season two was a big improvement, but I don't think you can really stretch that for an entire like the entire series. So I'm good if the show <laughs> like um if the show does a little little uh to borrow borrow an anime term a uh a a training arc or whatever (laughs) where like you know it's where a character just like gets sent off and they don't do anything in the series because they're off training and then they come back all powered up and shit um like I'm good if the show kind of just does that for a season with Baby Yoda mm-hmm. and like digs into um I think the plot line the biggest one I'm interested in that they set up for those characters specifically and I think with the Mandalorian show versus the other five other three four I don't know shows in the timeline um is the is like the reestablishing of Mandalore and uh, you know that he has the dark saber and Bo-Katan has to defeat him at some point to reclaim the dark saber. Yeah, it's the Elder Wand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, God, yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. That was, cool. um, that was a little bit cool um yeah i mean i'm really you know i'm happy to have katie Sackoff in a cool sci-fi show again yeah <laughs> so like if she steps up to be like a lead of the show with uh with mando then awesome i'm super into that um if we could get less uh cara dune i would Aww. be happy <laughs> Come on. I don't really love her. Uh, that's the lady with the big guns. Oh. The, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't really love that character, and I don't really like the actor, so I'd be happy with less of that. But I think I think they did a good job setting up like a potential storyline there with um yeah, reestablishing Mandalore and the like feud between the two of them now that's going to build um and yeah i'm kind of hoping that's where the season goes is like stuff happening with those plot lines and then you know we can get updates or not don't give us any updates till the finale or whatever on baby yoda Mm -hmm. and um just do some other stuff for a while with these characters i don't know like I think like the you know the jailbreak episode in season one, I didn't love season one, but that's probably the best episode of the season in yeah. my opinion. Now you have all these established characters, you can do like crime heist little storylines like that and shit. Um, you can make like uh, you can turn the Mandalorian into like Banshee the show banshee (laughs) and star wars and have like a little group you know a little yeah crime syndicate and whatever stuff i know boba fett's gonna get in that stuff but 
um yeah i just you have established characters now and you have like plot lines set up and stuff i think you can do a lot of stuff and yeah overall i really liked season two i thought it was a really big improvement on season one jimbo (laughs) yeah i think i mean overall i was really happy with it it I think I said in the first episode that we talked about it that I wanted it to like hit these points like the at some point the kid has to get taken and then they have to go after him and like do the rescue. Um, so that's what I wanted the whole season to lead up to and that's what it did and I thought like overall there are things they could have done better but I still think it was I think it was a good season overall that story had to have an ending at some points or it had to go in a new direction and i'm glad that this is kind of where they're choosing to go because i do i want them to lean hardcore into like the mandalorian culture because there's a ton you can do with that and mando himself doesn't even know that much about it because he's like from a very specific sect of mandalorians and he didn't know anything about like um Katie Sackoff, whatever her character's name. Like he was stunned that they took off their helmets when he first met them and all this kind of stuff. So there's a lot of different groups in the culture you could learn about. The Mandalorian history has so much like tragic kind of backstory to it that you could learn about that. And that would be really cool. But yeah, I really want to see that like the the new Mandalore storyline kind of come to fruition and then that kind of power struggle for leadership I think would be cool to cover in season three uh, I just uh, really quickly I did want to mention Katie Sackhoff's character Bo Katan and the Darksaber all of that stuff is like established in the Clone Wars show she's okay I thought she's in maybe. the show and she yeah. voices the character in okay the show. okay well, cool but yeah uh Chad what about you I'm trying not to just make a joke. Um, <laughs> just do it. This uh, is your chance. Unrelated. Uh, I was just oh, okay. Which which of these Star Wars shows do you think Jar Jar is gonna show up in? The the Obi Wan show. <laughs> I'm like not joking though. Or his own show. No. <laughs> Grace Grace said hopefully all of them. <laughs> oh, hopefully all of them. Okay. I Darth Jar Jar is a thing. <laughs> Uh oh, Darth Jar Jar. Darth Jar Jar, man. I thought he was a Sith. Yeah, yeah. Jar Jar is a yeah. Sith. Um. Oh, I don't know. I. I feel like you have to. At some point, it has to happen. Like, they're bringing back Hayden Christensen, who, man, on top of, what's his name, the little boy Jake Lloyd. Is that his name? Yeah, Jake Lloyd. Like those. They were the two scapegoats for the prequel trilogy. Everybody blamed it on them. And it's like, <laughs> like I really like yeah. George Lucas, like the stuff that he's done, but you know, it it stops and the buck falls, whatever stops with <laughs> the buck stops with them. Um, yeah, like you can't blame two actors for an entire trilogy not mm-hmm. being great. Um, yeah, but but. Like- yeah, like just, I don't know. I'm just kind of getting excited now thinking about stuff from the prequels that might show up in these shows. Like, I'm just thinking of like random characters that pop up they could reference. Like, you know, you know, when Obi Wan goes to that little diner 
And yes, that's what big, I was gonna say. Big dude who's like who's tells the alien him, with the mustache. Yeah, yeah. Like, what if he shows up? That would be dope. Um, and then, like, like you know, I talked before about how I had um, read those Republic Commando books, and a big part of that is um, deals with like the race who who made the clones. Clone troopers. Republic. The, the water planet. Yeah, the water planet people. Like, there's yeah. a lot of cool stuff in there. I'm like yeah those people still out there like making clones for people are they going to be a part of it like because i really like that stuff um from the books um yeah they have a they have a cool like backstory and culture that's developed more um it's kind of like sinister but yeah i don't know i was just thinking about different stuff they could bring back that would be cool but yeah i'm kind of on the same you know train of thought you guys are of like you know they have this whole retaking Mandalore thing. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, other than that, it's like, like I like I was saying, are they gonna have some new like first order or old empire dude that was above Gideon who's like still trying to do shit? I mean, they kind of have to, right? Or else what is what is it gonna be? Well, yeah, because they just have Gideon now. I mean. Yeah, the thing the thing is like they you know they mentioned Thrawn, but now I'm assuming Thrawn's gonna be the villain of the Ahsoka series. But they made sure when they announced all this stuff to be like, hey, this is all the same timeline. This Mm. these four shows. What if they do like Marvel cinematic universe? That's exactly what I'm expecting. They might be it, yeah. Each of these shows is like setting up the thing to come after where they all like team up yeah um, that's what that's what i'm thinking is gonna happen and man mando's already shown that it's good at that like within its own universe just like pulling characters together for missions and stuff yeah that would be cool um i just thought of another character that could show up Watto, <laughs> bring back Watto. <laughs> Or what's, oh, what's, the, what's the little dude, the pod racer, the bad pod racer? Simbolba. Simbolba. Bring back Simbolba. Simbolba. <laughs> he walks on his hands and he kicks with his feet. <laughs> anyway. Um, wow. Yeah. That's, I mean, I won't go too on on tangents, but yeah, I'm just like, now you have me thinking about what the hell's the Obi-Wan show going to be? <laughs> Like, oh shit! True, he can like, see Watto. He's on Tatooine. Yeah, yeah. he can see Watto. Damn. And Sabolba. Sabolba. <laughs> Maybe the and Jabba and Jabba built a new diner on on Tatooine. <laughs> yeah, the diner. We could have, we could find out what the hell's up with Master Sifo-Dyas. <laughs> oh God! If they dug into that. And finally gave us like answers and explained shit. How would be into if they if they dug into the clone shit from Attack of the Clones, the like noir story stuff. Yeah. Uh, I would love that. <laughs> um okay. Are you guys good moving on from the Mandalorian? Yeah, I think I'm good. I think all of us can like recommend it like yeah watch yeah. 
two. Season two is good. Yeah. Okay. Um, how many, how okay. many uh, nerf, nerf herders out of ten? <laughs> Solid I'll, seven, I think. Yeah, I'll give I'll give it seven, like a good strong seven. Yeah, I think some episodes hit an eight, but I think overall like seven. Yeah, seven, maybe seven point five. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to see Wookies. I want to see Wookies. You know, I'm wondering, they did that. Uh, oh, what's it called? The Jedi Fallen Order game that came mm. out last year, a year ago, and they cast that TV actor, um, the redhead from the that Shameless show and Gotham and stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm really wondering how with like Ahsoka appearing in live action if they'll just like bring that guy over too because they had Forrest Whitaker in the game and mm. I think they had him voice his character and everything like that would be another cool another cool uh, character to pop up but also it's like Jedi are supposed to be you know uh, almost dead at that point in time yeah. <laughs> they um, bring back Star Killer. Yeah, could do that. <laughs> um, okay, let's move off from yeah. Star Wars. Uh, oh, who who wants to go first with their thing? Uh, Chad. Chad, Chad, you want to talk Chatter, about Chatter John? Sure. sure. So I, I watched the new Mulan live action thing movie on Disney Plus. And uh, I don't know, it was like not great, but it also wasn't terrible. So, yeah. Um, I was, yeah, I don't really, sorry, I don't, I don't really know a lot about it, but I heard they made big changes. Like, what big changes did they make? Big changes uh, to like the villains and stuff and. The villains, I mean, it's still kind of, it's still kind of like more of like the Mongol army, like invading China. But then um, there's a big new character in that. I don't think there, she was in the, in the animated one of like this witch character who's like yeah. a parallel to Mulan. Um because Mulan apparently has some like is one of the few people with like chi where it makes her better at fighting where she can like float up walls and stuff like that oh where it's like a super rare thing um that like women aren't supposed to do because if women embrace it and they don't hide it can become witches (laughs) okay okay I mean it kind of ties into the whole like you know going against gender roles and stuff so yeah I mean, it kind of works but it did feel a little bit like ham-fisted um i mean that's what the whole movie's about though so you can't really fault them i don't know um but yeah like i didn't really like any of the like martial arts fights and stuff like that because it was kind of that like floaty it was like trying to be crouching tiger hidden dragon with like the actors on strings at certain points and then whenever it wasn't one of those where it was one of the 
more normal characters who can't do that stuff. None of the martial arts were that like cool to me. Um, like the fights and stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. You have any more questions? I don't really know where. No, not really. Uh, oh, is is what's his name? Is Eddie Murphy? No, 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 no. They don't. That character is not in it. What? He kind of has this like, um, almost like a family, like ancient guardian spirit that kind of like helps her out at times. It's like a phoenix, but it doesn't talk. It just kind of like shows up to like lead her to the right path and stuff, which is kind of cool. Um, but yeah, they did kind of, you know, go more grounded in that way. Like there's no musical parts where they sing and stuff. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's weird. Um, that's like one of the most, you know, interesting or like compelling parts of Disney movies where, you know, it's just not there. So it, it felt a little dry. Um, but I don't know. They they had they did kind of good with some of the like the characters and the relationships. Like I really like family, her family, especially the dad. Uh, the, I think the actor did a really good job of it. You know where he's like proud of her and and like you know really is trying to empower that part of her. Like if she's like a tomboy who wants to fight and stuff like that, but then that kind of gets quashed early on because um, she like causes too much trouble in the little like apartment block thing they live in. And then, you know, like everybody kind of judges him for it. So it's just, you can tell he's like struggling with like trying to do what's best for her, what he thinks um as she gets older where he's trying to like push her more into her gender role where like you need to be a good wife find a good husband so that you can bring our family honor and like pass on you know like be a good wife find a good husband so that your children will like grow up in a good household all this kind of stuff um yeah and then like the the soldiers she joins the army with some of those characters like the relationships and different moments are, are pretty good um where like they there's some like tension at first but then they like bond and they like go into war together and things get more serious you know and then she like rescues them and becomes like the one they respect even though at first when they find out she's a woman she gets like um cast out but then she like comes back and then like leads the the army to the capital to rescue the emperor. Um, so yeah, there's like, I feel like there's enough cool stuff to watch it. Um, but it's not, you know, anything great. So it's like, you know, it's just one of those movies you can have on in the background one day while you're doing something else and be like, hmm, this is kind of kind of cool, I guess. There's my review. All right. <laughs> Jimbo, did you have any questions about Mulan? No, I had to get up and check on something. Oh, okay. I'll listen to that back in the recording. <laughs> no no need. <laughs> so Mulan, right. Mulan's the hard pass or just uh, background noise? No, somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Background. Okay. Um... 
yeah i i do like some of the other actors too i actually didn't realize um crystal actually looked it up but the emperor is played played by jet lee but he's like oh, oh cool because he's like cool. older now he's got this big beard i didn't even know it was him and he has like this like deep voice whereas mm. jet lee i thought had a little bit more of like a higher voice um mm. but anyway and then like the the villain the like mongol leader the actor is like pretty cool um yeah, it's just like super interesting, like very in your face. It's all like scarred up and stuff. Um, is it an actor you'd seen before? I've seen him somewhere. I don't know who he is though. Um, yeah. Anyway. Cool. Yeah. Um, all right, Jimbo, did you want to talk about your show or did you want me to go with a thing? You can go ahead and go and then I'll do mine. Okay. Um, all right. So I guess I'll talk about a spaghetti Western that I watched yesterday. Wow. 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 Very, very good. Okay. I figured out how to work samples into the uh, audio. <laughs> um, yeah the the great silence is what the movie's called um <laughs> uh grace grace might have some thoughts on this she was she came out while i was watching it. um yeah this was i think 1960s i forget when exactly um do not recognize the lead actor who plays a character named Silence. Uh, it was directed by Sergio Corbucci, um, who directed, he directed a couple Westerns. Um, he seemed kind of all over the place with the films that he made. Um, but he has like some, some of the like most well-regarded, you know, other than Sergio Leone and, um, and a couple other spaghetti Western directors. Um, anyways, so it's about this, um, this guy named Silence who kind of like, you know, gets justice for people or, um, or like, it kind of like kills and hunts bounty hunters and defends people uh, from bounty hunters um but it's supposed to be like you know he's he's a man of the people he's fighting for justice kind of thing um kind of like imagine robin hood you know like the you know the people leading um you know, the, the government, whatever, is, like, corrupt, and, you know, everybody in power is corrupt, and he's kind of, like, a man of the people, um, but, yeah, uh, is he kind of, like, Machete? <laughs> I, Machete is one of the few Robert Rodriguez movies I haven't seen, I haven't seen Machete. Oh, wow, okay. I think I own it. Aren't there two <laughs> sequels to it? Like, isn't it yeah. a trilogy? There's, 
There, I think they made one, and then they were supposed to make the third, and it okay. didn't get made. Okay. Um, but anyways, yeah, The Great Silence uh, is about this guy who um, goes around, like, defending people from bounty hunters and, uh, like, seeking justice um, and, like, killing evil people. Uh, and the villain of the movie is uh, Klaus Kinski. I don't know if you guys know who that is. Um, no. A weird singer. He, I don't know if he was a singer. Um, I know he was in like a, a ton of Werner Herzog's movies, um, like old movies. He has a very peculiar face where it's kind of like, really smushed almost like it looks like he has like a cube head that looks kind of smushed with like blonde hair looks really rough but also he has this like i don't know i don't know how else to like qualify it or like what huh like effeminate like yeah I i was gonna say he has this really like effeminate kind of yeah look and vibe i guess um where he can be like the you know the most evil disgusting dude but then like flip on a dime and be um you know just like soft and like jokey kind of like really charming like a dastardly tim, like a tim curry yeah yeah kind of i guess um uh apparently he's a terrible person in real life i won't get into that but <laughs> But yeah, um, so he's he plays a character named Loco, uh, who wears four loco. Uh, yeah, he wears four locos around. His, he has a bandolier of four locos. <laughs> um, um, no, he wears a. I think he wears a priest hat, like a big priest hat, um, and then he wears like a woman's. I forget what what it's called, what it is, but it's like something he wears under the hat that gives him this really interesting uh, look and like character silhouette. Um, but this guy is a bounty hunter. He runs with a group of really bad bounty hunters who just like enjoy killing people. So they kill everybody. Um, they don't take anybody alive. And they're kind of like terrorizing um the townspeople in this uh in this one town that's um up in the mountains in utah it's like right off the bat the setting the location just like makes this a really unique western because it's all in the snow um so you're up in you're up in the mountains in snow and like, I'm not sure if they shot this in Utah or if they shot it not even in America. I don't know where they shot it. Um, but like, you know, you can't fake it. It's it's that deep, deep, like a couple feet of snow. Um, and yeah, it's just like makes it, you know, different from any other Western you've seen or like a lot of other Westerns you've seen right off the bat um and then um yeah so they're they're like terrorizing these people these townspeople 
and there's this guy who like runs the bank in town who has like his own little posse and he won't give anybody jobs he won't give anybody food he won't he's just like you know lords his power over everybody um makes you know makes them become poor and makes them uh and like you know once they you know steal food or something to survive then there's a bounty on their head then he sicks his little bounty hunters on them to kill them um because he just wants them all dead the system is stacked yeah yeah <laughs> it's, it's just the system at play um man so yes yeah, so the like the storyline basically is there also another cool thing that i really didn't expect this movie to acknowledge because it's made in the 60s is like it has some black characters in it um and there's like this there's this thing of you know the evil guy the banker dude uh wants this this black woman as his lover like he wants to make her his wife or lover whatever um but he wants to kill her husband to make that happen and it's just like i didn't expect them to actually talk about it and stuff because it's you know made in the 60s and i didn't think they would have any kind of um uh, any kind of i'm not sure i'm not sure what word i'm trying to find but you know like I guess awareness, like awareness of racism (laughs) at that point. Like maybe it was like the European influence. That's what I'm, that's what I'm wondering. Yeti Western. Um, That's what I was actually wondering because it's like, you know, it kind of like plays into, you know, like the plight of um, people of color a little bit. Like Mm. it makes I mean, you know, the the wife character, I think her name is Pauline, the character's name. Um, she doesn't have like a really great character arc, but she's like, you know, the the woman lead of the movie, the love interest. Um, but she's also like a strong woman who like stands up to this creepy banker dude and um and like fights against him and fights against the bounty hunters and everything, uh, which is really cool. But yeah, they like, they acknowledge like the racism in America at the time. Like it's not, it's not as harsh as I'm sure it was in reality, but um, it was, it was cool to see that actually acknowledged. Yeah. Um, But yeah, they've, because this guy has like overrun the town and, you know, doesn't just like once these poor people dead then they've like have they had to abandon town because they have bounties on their head so there's like a wandering group of uh of outlaws um who are being hunted by uh klaus kinski's character loco and his band of of, uh, bounty hunters and that's where this guy named silence comes in who i don't know i don't know the, the the actor's name um it's like jean louis something um but he comes in and like 
immediately he starts fucking everybody up and it's awesome <laughs> <laughs> and um it just it does such a good job like establishing characters establishing you know um like relations and like plot lines and uh like dynamics like character dynamics and stuff um especially between the lead and the villain like there's there's really good dialogue too that i love um there's this great moment where it's like early on and the hero silence is like is catching a ride in a uh, in a carriage to this town up in the mountains um in the snow and this loco dude is just like giant piece of shit and he's just like strapping you know people's uncovered dead bodies in the snow like in a blizzard he's just strapping them to the top of the carriage doesn't give a shit they're just money to him um and he like he gets in the he gets in the carriage with the hero and the new sheriff who's like being you know driven to the town um and i guess he's heard about this bounty hunter the sheriff has heard about this bounty hunter and he's talking to him and he's like uh the 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 bounty hunter loco is like i'm trying to you know i'm trying to save up money for when i get old and everything and he's like the sheriff's like i don't think you're gonna i don't think you're gonna get that old <laughs> and um <laughs> that's a good and one then, uh, and then he's and then like there's some exchange between them about being like a fast draw or something um and then he's and he's like, well, you you know, you never know. Someday you might meet your match or whatever. Who draws first or something? And they're sitting side by side on one side of the carriage, and the hero is sitting on the up the opposite side, facing them. And the camera is to the right side of the actor's head, the hero, and it's you know facing across at Loco and the sheriff. And whenever, whenever it's, uh, he says that line and then Loco's like, oh, I don't know about that one. And then the camera just spins around and pans to the, to the hero's face. And it's like, <laughs> it, it's just, there's so many good little details. There's so much good technical camera work, filmmaking stuff that like you just appreciate so much when you, you know, pay attention to that kind of thing. Um, but I, I wanted to get into a little bit of, um, I guess I'll throw out spoilers. I don't know if you guys care about that. Um, so <laughs> so this, is, this is one of the things that like, I thought, I was like, oh, that's cool. But Grace had a problem with is um, uh, the character is called Silence. And, you know, he's like a quiet guy. He doesn't ever say anything and you know you're just like oh is this a drifter dude who you know is just he's just a cool guy he doesn't talk to anybody um and and then you find out at a certain point he's wearing a scarf and at a certain point uh whenever somebody's like why aren't you saying anything why aren't you talking to me then he pulls down the scarf and he has a big uh wound across his throat where it was slit 
so he's mute so the character's mute and i guess he's been nicknamed silence um but the whole the whole thing is like the people around him and like you know in the area in the world they don't know that he's mute unless he shows them so the tale that goes around is that he's called silence because wherever he goes the silence of death follows <laughs> that's what yeah that's what it's established in the world like that's yeah. why we'll call him silence but the truth is you know he's a mute <laughs> um but there's like there's really good there's really good stuff um just like the writing and i don't like dialogue but also like character writing and just like the story itself um really impressed me especially for that time period you know because like westerns took that turn where they were a bit um i guess they were a bit like formulaic and you know safe and uh, i can't think of the word um but you know uh, sanitized they were very sanitized and you know americanized like this is our version of history it's not at all what happened but it's the clean version of history yeah i mean you Um, have like 80 john wayne movies yeah Yeah. um so yeah when spaghetti westerns came out they're like (laughs) here's here's the shitty gritty bloody truth and everything like we're not gonna hold back um and there's yeah there's a like like the character the silence character's backstory i did not expect him to get into at all i thought he was just going to be like you know a silent drifter dude and that's all we were going to get and like i was fine with that the man Uh, with no name like yeah yeah that's what that's what i was expecting i was fine with it but there's this great moment where his character you know finally gets hired to kill loco and he's going to sleep that night after he's showed uh, pauline um the woman who hired him he showed her you know his cut across the neck and he's going to sleep that night and um he's got a little candle a bedside candle and it's such a great shot um of like him in the background camera in the foreground and you see the little flame flickering and you know dancing and everything um and then it cuts to like an opposite shot of a candle flickering um but you know that it's a different setting because it's like a shot out the window and it's green and it's grass and everything so you know it's not the snow landscape they're in and it's these like this posse um riding up on this little house in the middle of nowhere and it's the sheriff and like a gang of bounty hunters and uh there's this guy who has a gun and his wife is like pleading with the people not to kill him and for him to you know maybe give up or go with them, whatever. And then in the background, you see this little boy watching the entire thing. And um, right when the dad's like about to give himself up, then they break a window and they shoot him and they shoot the wife. And then uh, the sheriff who like took part in that is like, do you think the child is going to talk? Do you think he'll tell people? 
and then like and then this dude is like staring at the kid and he pulls out a huge knife and he's like he's not gonna talk at all or whatever um so you get that they you know slit his slit a child's throat (laughs) and like maybe left him for dead (laughs) and that's the main character's storyline so you get like the explanation for him being a mute, where his scar comes from, and like why he hates bounty hunters and distrusts the law and everything. <laughs> it's just it's so well done. Um sounds awesome. It's yeah, it's it's really, really good. I don't want to spoil the ending, uh, but it just it does not go, <laughs> it does not go the way you think it's gonna go, and it's brutal. <laughs> and like, and I was just kind of stunned um and what, really, is it, what is it called the great silence is what, and what did you watch it on uh blu-ray oh okay <laughs> bought it i got yeah. it recently um yeah we watched once upon a time in hollywood like last week and there's a little section on spaghetti westerns that i just got obsessed with like reading about spaghetti <laughs> westerns um uh, so yeah i've been looking into a lot of that stuff and i'm just like i'm gonna watch all of them now (laughs) um anyways yeah uh really really strong recommendation for that um yeah i don't know what else what else to say about it. it has a it has a really good score um i don't think it was uh ennio morricone but it's really good. Yeah, well, I was going to ask about that. I didn't know if that stood out, too. Yeah, it, it's really good. I don't think it's him, though. Okay. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I don't have anything else to talk about. It's just, like, I don't know. It just has those great, like, you know, build-up and tension and, like, duels and um, really surprise, like, I don't know. I always just get so surprised whenever I watch an old movie, like a '60s movie, um, and anything before that has like really energetic and like I guess kinetic kind of like filmmaking and like. Yeah. I'm just I'm so impressed whenever I see something that's like really strong like that. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, the Great Silence. Uh, I think it might be available to like rent places. I don't think it's streaming for free or like okay. a subscription. Um, I did want to say like the the Blu-ray I got I think is like a new uh, restoration from the past couple of years. Um, so like it looks amazing. If you're interested in getting the Blu-ray, it looks amazing. It has like a ton of special features, um, but I was actually going to say, I watched this in the, uh, with the Italian dub, um, which was really, it was really interesting, but I was like super into it um, because I think I talked about this on like one of the horror podcast episodes. Um, I think the seventies one, maybe like a lot of Italian movies from that time period just did not use audio equipment on movies <laughs> they, would just, they would just film film it and then they would dub everything in afterwards mm. um 
so yeah i tried i tried using the english audio track and it's like no this is terrible <laughs> um yeah like the dialogue the speaking the and then just like the track itself the music everything is like a lower quality than the italian was so uh i watched it in italian and actually really liked it um which yeah i would advise doing the same if anybody mm -hmm. ends up watching it uh yeah anyways it's a good movie <laughs> all right yeah i'm all about spaghetti westerns so i'll give it a shot sometime all right uh jimbo did you have something to talk about i'll do a little bit on a, a new show that i've been watching what's it called it's called the wilds where can we watch it it's on amazon what's it about it's about a group of girls that are on this plane together and they they think that they're going to some kind of like women's retreat to learn how to uh live in a society that's empowered and kind of run by women and they don't have to wait around for guys to call all the shots and it's it's just supposed to be like a female kind of bonding trip uh but what happens whenever they're on this flight to this retreat is that they get into a plane crash and they crash land on this island and then they're forced to kind of like work together and survive on this island until they can get rescued uh but there's a lot of other parts to it and you start to find out that maybe there's a lot more kind of going on behind the scenes and why were these particular girls chosen and put together on this plane? Uh, so it, it has like kind of this huge mystery surrounding the show. And whoever whoever wrote this and whoever made this definitely watched Lost because there are times where this feels like Lost just with like teenage girls as the main characters. And I think it definitely appeals to kind of like a Hunger, Hunger Games crowd. Like that's what they're going for. And a lot of it is told uh, in flashbacks as well. Like the, the way that each episode is structured is that it focuses on one specific girl. And then you go into her kind of background, her history, why she was on the flight in the first place. And you're kind of seeing her and in two different timelines. Well, sometimes three different timelines actually, uh, because you, it's the story is kind of being told in like an interrogation after the girls have been rescued and so you have that part of the storyline and then you have us seeing what happened while they were on the island together and then you have like the flashbacks to like what their lives were like leading up to the flight and so it's this big mystery of why they were chosen why they were on this flight and you don't know how they got away like how they escaped and you don't know like who all made it or what happened to each one of them so it's very much taking that kind of like lost flashback structure one character per episode focus um and and using that so far that was really cool i had never even heard of that yeah, I really I really like it. And I mean, I was I was dismissive of it as just like, oh, look at this teen drama on Amazon. Um, and I, I had that immediate feeling like, oh, this is just lost. But with like girls as the main characters, uh, 
but it's it's been really good each each character has like a background that you wouldn't really expect um they do a good job in their roles and a lot of the story has taken some turns that i wasn't expecting so i think it does a good job surprising you and it's it, it's not going as nearly in the like sci-fi direction as lost but it does play around with kind of like uh mystery and stuff going on behind the scenes like in your life a little bit yeah i was gonna ask of like do they are they setting up any of that kind of like weird sci-fi or supernatural stuff like lofted or i think they set up they set up some of the kind of like social like kind of experimenting with people's lives a little bit um some of that kind of stuff but there's nothing that's been like supernatural that i've noticed okay so it's like conspiracy more than yeah definitely way more like way more conspiracy versus some kind of like sci-fi uh or fantasy kind of element to it cool. yeah, yeah. i never heard of that or i never heard of the movie jonathan was talking about cool that like that stuff is out there and you just can find it you know even though you've never heard of it it's like this gym yeah but yeah um I was going to ask you, I think you said before we started recording that you've watched eight out of 10 episodes. Yeah, there are 10 episodes. Yeah. Okay. So I love Lost and I don't really have, I mean, maybe I would have more problems rewatching it nowadays, but the biggest thing everybody talks about, the biggest complaint is always, they set up too many mysteries and they don't answer does it feel like they're going to wrap up with the one season? Like, are they answering like questions and stuff that they're setting up or does it feel like they're setting up a season two kind of thing? They, I think that there's still a larger story that they're kind of setting up, but they've done a good job at paying off like the little story arcs. Like they've, they've set stuff up already within this one season that's kind of paid off and been satisfying. Um, But I can, I can see like a larger story that they're trying to set up, but I'm really curious as far as how these other two episodes are going to play out because I mean, I've already said it that like, yes, there is, there is a rescue, Mm -hmm. but you don't know like exactly who or how many survived and stuff like that. Um, So you already know that element of it that like, yes, they were found on this Island. So like that whole part is going to be wrapped up this season, Mm -hmm. but then I don't know if we're going to find out exactly like why, and like the purpose behind everything or who exactly is pulling all the strings. I don't know if that will be all resolved in one season. That's kind of cool. It kind of reminds me of true detective um, where it's kind of framed with this, like, you know, interview, uh, you know, of them after what you see initially, but then yeah. I'm wondering if maybe this show is going to do the same thing where like in season two or at a certain point, it picks up after the interview because they're like things you find out that you know that mean there's more like story to tell afterwards like that would be interesting 
Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they there could be a whole second season about these characters like reacclimating and trying to get back to normal life and what does that mean for them and then yeah, what happens after you come home from like a trauma or an experience like that? There's a lot of story you can get out of that. But it, it, as far as like the actual being on the island part, I feel like that's got to end in this first season. Yeah, but I mean, like if the conspiracy social manipulation stuff doesn't end with the island, like if it's still going on. Or yeah, I think that's going to keep going in, yeah. in some different direction. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I have a new show to watch. <laughs> give it, give it at least like two episodes just to get kind of a feel for what they're doing and see if you like any of the characters. But I think it's pretty good so far. Cool. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I I think I'm done talking about my stuff. What I've you know watched or been up to this week. Did you guys have anything else that you wanted to get into? Um, I don't think so. Are you guys gonna? Are y'all planning to finish Lovecraft at some point? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna finish it. Okay, then I'll just yeah, I'll save that for when we're all finished. Okay. Um, you guys ready to wrap up? Sure. Sure. All right. Uh, I'm just gonna do the do the plug in. Um, <laughs> follow us on Twitter at excited pod you can follow us on instagram please be excited um and you can follow us on youtube at please be excited um yeah i don't really have much else to say i don't know do you guys have any any sign off (laughs) anything uh uh, may the force be with you uh, they they just announced the new Star Wars spinoff. It's <laughs> it's the the Asian dude from the Ahsoka episode, who was like the old mayor. He's he's getting his own show. Um, Is it gonna be like a workplace comedy or something. It's yeah. that it's like that Mr. Mayor with Ted Danson <laughs> that they're they have coming out. But it's yeah. that that Asian dad uh, from Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's a really big scoop, guys. <laughs> <laughs> got the alert. Oh, you, got, you got the alert. You got a text. George Lucas texted him. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for hanging out, guys. Thanks for taking part in this episode, Grace. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Peace out. Peace out, everybody. Peace.